Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Well, we're excited. Today's the opportunity for us to gather around, and we're going to read a Christmas story. Now, to those that are in the house, I want everybody in the room to remember this. Everybody here, you're just a kid that grew up a little bit, okay? I know some of us have been old since we were young, been a little mature since early on, but here's what I believe with all my heart. Every now and then, we need to become like a child in the presence of God. We need to become like a child that lays our guard down and we get a childlike faith about a father who is worthy of all of our praise and all of our glory and all of our honor. So we welcome everyone into the living room of Calvary Tabernacle this morning, whether you're here in the auditorium, whether you're here on the platform as one of our children, or whether you're joining us online. And we tune you into this story. I'm going to turn it over to Miss Claus. I mean, Miss Carson. And I want to ask Sister Carson to read this story to you. All right. This is called The Gift of the Christmas Cookie. How many of you guys like cookies? Ooh, and Christmas cookies are just extra special, right? All the different cutouts and all that. So we're going to read a fun story this morning. In the distance, Jack heard the lonely cry of a train whistle. He leaned into the icy wind and crossed the railroad tracks toward home. Home. Their house hadn't felt like a home since Jack's dad had hopped on a freight train west to find work. Now, on Christmas Eve, word came that dad couldn't make it home for Christmas. As Jack stepped inside, the heavenly scent of sweet bread and licorice wafted from the kitchen. Cookies! But it couldn't be. Mom put every penny that Dad had sent home straight into the cookie jar. There hadn't been a single cookie in that jar for over a year. That's a long time to go without a cookie. Jack, mom called. She was in the kitchen stirring something in a giant bowl. You're really making cookies? Jack still couldn't believe it. His mother smiled weakly. They're for the needy at church. Jack tried to hide his disappointment. He'd been feeling pretty needy himself lately. (laughs) Unpack the cookie boards, Jack, said his mother, not missing a beat, beat, beat on the dough. Jack unwrapped the carved wooden shapes. There was a shepherd, star, camel, king, man and woman kneeling, baby, and cross. The last mold was an angel the size of his hand. It's so big, Jack explained. He could make a cookie like that last a whole week. 
Jack's mother helped him roll the dough into a smooth oval. It was hard work. Why are we going to so much trouble to make Christmas cookies people are just going to eat anyway? Jack asked. His mom picked up the big angel mold and dusted it with flour. Maybe it's time you heard why people first started making Christmas cookies. Jack watched as his mother pressed the angel board into the dough. The story goes back hundreds of years, she began, back to the Middle Ages. In the old country where your father's people lived, times were hard. Jack rolled another batch of dough and wondered if times in the Middle Ages had been harder than they were right now and if boys missed their fathers like he missed his. The villagers couldn't afford school, so most couldn't read. As Christmas drew near, one family longed to help their neighbors discover the true meaning of Christmas. Let's carve figures to tell the story of Christ's birth, the father, a woodcarver, suggested. But the villagers are hungry, his wife pointed out. We could bake for them. So the family worked together. The woodcarver whittled, scooping out wood until it formed the shape of an angel. He finished all the figures. Then his wife mixed sweet dough to fill the molds. When the cookies were done, the children decorated them with berries and colored sugar. On Christmas Eve, the woodcarver's family carried the cookies to the village. Soon, a crowd gathered. As his daughter held up the angel cookie, the woodcarver began, long ago, an angel like this brought us the most wonderful news. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born unto you. He is Christ the Lord. They recounted the whole story of Jesus's life as they handed out cookies to the amazed listeners. Ever since that night, Generations have passed down the art of making Christmas cookies and of telling the story of the true meaning of Christmas. At the Christmas Eve service, Jack thought of the woodcarver's family when the pastor read the same passage from Luke, the angel's announcement to the shepherds. As Jack stood to sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, his gaze fell on the stained glass window. All of the figures were there. The star the shepherd, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. And above them was the angel. The window told the whole story, just like the Christmas cookies. That night, Jack dreamed of giant Christmas cookies. When he awoke, his mother was writing, Merry Christmas, Jack. She handed him the big angel cookie. For me? Jack hugged his mother. But before he could take a bite, there was a knock at the door. Jack froze. His mother raced past him to answer the door. It would be just like dad to surprise them and show up on Christmas morning. Do you think it's his dad? An old man stood in the doorway. Could you spare a stranger a bite to eat, he asked. Disappointment choked off Jack's words and made his eyes water. Jack could tell his mother was as let down as he was, but she invited the man to come in from the cold. You're welcome to share our breakfast, she said. 
the stranger ate fast without saying much. When he'd finished every last crumb, he thanked them and he left. Jack watched the man walk off towards the tracks. Jack hoped, prayed, that strangers had invited his dad to share their breakfast. Jack wished he'd taken the time to talk to the stranger to wish him a Merry Christmas. Jack, don't forget your cookie, Mom said. Jack ran his finger along the grooves of the angel's wings. He could almost hear the old woodcarver. That's it, he explained. Jack tore out of the house and ran to catch up with the stranger. What's this? asked the stranger, taking the cookie Jack offered him. It's yours, Jack explained. And there's a story that goes with it. Then right there beside the railroad tracks under a gray sky that promised snow, Jack began. Long ago, an angel like this one brought us the most wonderful news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. Isn't that great? Now, to every young kid, all you kids, look at me. Look at Pastor. Look. Get them. Get them. Say, hey, dude, look at me. Touch him. Yeah, look at me. Everybody, look at me. I'm going to tell you a story now, okay? Here's the, here's the most important thing about all this. Not just learning about cookies. How many still want a cookie today? If you raise your hand, we're going to give you a cookie. Anybody out here want a cookie? Because if you raise your hand, we're going to give you a cookie. If your neighbor doesn't raise their hand, raise their hand, then take their cookie. That's, yeah. I was told a long time ago in the church, if somebody doesn't want their blessing, I want it. And uh, uh, listen, January, you can go on a diet. It's sugar cookie season. Praise God. Hey, oh, I feel a witness in the room. So kids, we've been walking in here. We've been walking through the book of Luke. You can put your hands down. You'll get a cookie. You'll get one, I promise. Yeah, good. So we've been walking through the book of Luke. Everybody say Luke. And we've been learning about the reason this season really exists. Somebody tell me, why does this season really exist? What's Christmas about? Do you know? About who? Somebody yelled it out. Jesus. It's about Jesus. That's right. Jesus being born. That's, are you comfortable? My man. About Jesus being born. Yeah, I like it. I like it. About Jesus being born. That's what this season really is. It's about Jesus Christ being born. How many like to receive gifts? We talked about it at the beginning. What will you do if you go home and there's no gifts? Would you be upset? I bet so. You'd be calling me saying, Pastor, my parents are so mean. You want to have gifts, but everybody repeat after me. Yes, I know. Everybody repeat after. That's how I feel Christmas morning. Everybody repeat after me. The greatest gift is Jesus Christ. Now, all the big kids in the room, repeat after me. The greatest gift is Jesus Christ. And to every child and every man, woman in this room, I want you to remember, if we give our children gifts and we do not give them Christ, if we have something we picked up at the store, but not something we picked up in the spirit, if we wrap up a gift, but we are not wrapped up in his glory, 
We have failed what this season is all about. So pastor's going to address you, and I'm really going to be talking to your parents while I'm looking at you. Okay? The greatest thing that could happen to your home this season is that the presence of God could fill your home, not just the church house, but your house. If you live in a home, let it be there. If you live in an apartment or a condo or a townhouse, it doesn't matter where you live as long as he lives in here and his spirit fills you inside. Now, the great gift is to know who he is. That God was manifest in the flesh and he was born in a manger. And his name was Jesus. That's exactly right. His name was Jesus Christ. He was Emmanuel, God with us. Now to every adult that's in this room, you may be thinking, well, I don't have a kid up there. Or I don't have a grandkid up there. Why did I come? Let me talk to you for a moment and tell you that Jesus himself said that we have got to come to him like children. In fact, when they wanted to remove the kids from coming into his presence, he said, no, suffer the children to come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. Ladies and gentlemen in this room here today, we have got to become like children where we don't care who laughs at us. We don't care who points at us. There's a gift and we want it. And I'm going to say it this way. There's a gift and you need it. If you have never received the gift of knowing him and being filled with the baptism of his spirit, then you are not completely living. Not just the children, but even those that are out in the main sanctuary today. Some of you have some of those gifts. Now, we teased a couple weeks ago about opening those gifts you might not want. The beauty of the re-gift. Right? Okay? My, uh, my understanding is that you may open some things you don't want, but most of us, even adults, you have something that you really want. I received a gift this week that's going to minister to somebody. I want you to brace yourself. If you love coffee, I want you to raise your hand. Some of you will remember about a year ago. Look at all these kids. We're going to have some growth issues. We're going to have to talk through this. <laughs> you want them going in the morning. Some of these parents, you will drink your coffee. <laughs> You're going to school. No wonder any teachers that have been overwhelmed, that's the reason right there. Okay, Starbucks for kids. Um, if I talked about a year ago about keeping coffee hot. Who likes to keep your coffee hot? I received a mug, not like a thermal mug. It's called Ember. It's a mug. Some people, I'm going to get texts and calls and everything like that. I received a mug from the staff. That on my phone, I can tell it how hot I want my coffee, brother. Honeycutt. Oh, yeah. Tell me, that's not the will of God. <laughs> the, last, the last two mornings, I have checked the temperature of my coffee by looking at my phone. Have you ever heard angels sing? It's a great gift, and so I'm excited about that gift. I don't know. It's probably not going to make me better, but it might keep me awake. I'm not sure. But that gift has been a real blessing to me. I've, I have received, kids, I've received some amazing gifts over the years. But the greatest gift I ever received was when I was seven years old. And now, 30-some years later, I have found it's still the greatest gift that I've ever received. It's when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost.
Come on, this is a Pentecostal church. Can I get somebody to bear witness with me right now? I know they're the kids, but can I get some other kids in the room that would say the greatest gift I ever received was when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's the greatest thing that ever happened. I repented of my sins. I got baptized in Jesus' name. That's a great gift. You know, some of the greatest gifts in life is when you lose stuff. I got rid of my sin. I've got people all over in my life that the greatest gift they ever got was when alcoholism was taken from them and when cigarette addiction was taken from them. I know people all over the place that lying is the greatest thing that ever happened when it was taken from them. So as kids and as big kids, we repent, we give that away, and baptism is for the remission. Everybody say remission. remission. Say it again, remission. remission. It's taking it and getting it gone so that we can be filled with that great gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Kids, stand with me. Kids, stand. Everybody look. Everybody look at me. I want to talk to you. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I have almost this many children, so look at me. I, <laughs> if my wife had her way. Um, uh, everybody look at me. Coop dog, greatest thing that can ever happen is that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Moms and dads, the great brother Turner, before long, Sage is going to be old enough. You'll be praying for the greatest joy that you'll ever get. When that little girl cries on the playground because she gets hurt or if she's sick and she cries, you'll want to run to her aid. But it's such a different feeling when they begin to age and mature into crying in the presence of God. Those are a different kind of tears. And where those kids begin to grow, and most of you on this platform, if you have not already, you're old enough to begin praying and seeking the Holy Ghost, and it's the greatest gift you can receive. But not just these kids. Some of you in this room today, you've never taken the opportunity to let God fill you with His Spirit, and I want you to hear me right now. There are people here today that have been running from God. Why would you run away from the greatest gift you could ever find? Why would you run away? I can feel it right now. Some of you are like, oh, go back to the kids. Don't put the focus on us. But the truth is, it's greater than anything you'll open up at a work party. It's greater than any bonus that your boss could give. It's greater than any, I'm telling you. Some of you have been watching those commercials where their wife surprises them with a new truck. A, that's probably not going to happen. But B, it'd still be better than that. Because the greatest thing is the gift of God. I want every adult in this room, I want you to stretch your hands towards these children. Kids, before I let you start getting some presents, I want you to raise your hands right now. Every kid, let's raise our hands. Let pastor pray over you. Lord, I pray for every one of these children that they would love you with all their heart, that they would know how to pray and not just they themselves, but that they would be taught in their homes, that their families would make their houses a house of prayer that they would be loved and strengthened, oh God, not just physically or mentally, emotionally, but spiritually, oh Lord. Let the gift of your presence be in their home and in their lives. We pray it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. All right, you guys, listen to me. In these big boxes down here, we've got gifts for y'all. 
So we're going we're gonna to divide. After you get your gift, though, you're going to go to your, your parents. Is that right, Brother Healy? Okay, so after you get your gift, you're going to the parents. So I want you guys all to start heading down to that box. Now, don't, don't, don't go over each other. Just take it easy. Everybody's getting a gift. You guys go that way. Everybody's getting a gift. I think we got them all music instruments for the ride home. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Music team, I want you to come. What a beautiful looking group of kids. Aren't we blessed at Calvary Tabernacle? Wow. Hey, let's take a moment right here and say a big thank you to all of our teachers, to the Healy's and our teachers and all of our staff that works with them. Come on up here, guys. Now to every man, woman, boy, and girl, there is nothing more important. Brother Gallion, here's the one thing I know, one thing I don't get to grow out of. I still get excited about the Christmas season. But here's the number one reason. We don't grow out of telling other people about him. You don't age out. Tell it, tell it. Now for those of you that still want to go to the mall and sit on Santa's lap, you're going to have to get a handle on that. But for men and women that still want the world to know that Jesus Christ is the reason. Come on, if you want to tell the world, if you believe like me that the answer for Indianapolis and the answer for Canby. Oh, come on, I know we handed out gifts, but I need to get a witness right now. You know that the answer for Greenwood, the answer for New Pop, the answer for Fishers, the answer for Carmel, the answer for Zionsville, the an it's not gonna be a bigger new gift. It's gonna be the name that's above every name. If you believe that, I want you to stand to your feet all over this house. And I want us to become a mass choir. Let's sing it again. Go tell it. Sing, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain.
living well. Now, before we send you out of this house today and everybody in the room gets a sugar cookie and a big thank you to Sister Gwaltney and whoever, I, I don't even know how you bake that many cookies, but I'm going to get a handle on eating my share. And uh, here's what I want everybody to remember. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is so much more. I've been, I've been talking about this for three weeks. I love all this. I've got to tell you, I love all this. I love the decorations. I love the festivities. I, I love the manger scene. We, we have it up in our, I, I love this. But I love the revelation. We've walked through the shepherds and the wise men. We've come to this place where the Christ is to be born and they're about to walk him in, Simeon, the old prophet who's going to look at him and it's going to be understood. He, he was not going to taste, taste of death until he had seen the Christ. Please let me share this with somebody in this room because I feel it so strong. You keep waiting on a someday revelation. Maybe someday I'm going to make up my mind to live for God. Maybe someday I'm going to become the father that I'm supposed to be. I'm going to become the husband. I'm going to become the wife. I'm going to become the mother. I'm, I'm, one day, one day, one day. Can I implore you this needs to be the day? The signs of the time are evident. It's a very clear reality that the Lord is soon to return for his church. This is not foreign language to the bulk of those in attendance today. And I want you to please hear me clearly. If you have not made your calling sure, if you have not repented of your sins, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what are you waiting for? It is a gift that is not sitting under a tree, but that has been sitting next to an old rugged cross for a long time with your name on it. For anyone that says, I don't know if that one's mine, I'm here to tell you it is yours for the promise is unto you and your children. Unto you and your children. And I love Brother Harrison, I love this Christmas season for our kids, but I also love it for adults to come to recognition. And if I did not feel so strong, I would not speak it so strong this morning. But I am speaking directly to the heart and the mind of some men and women that are thinking, well, someday we'll get it together. Someday we will really choose to be faithful to church. You cannot afford to keep waiting on someday. Please hear my words out of love and honor for you. Your family needs the church and the church needs your family because we all need the Lord. How many would believe? Turn to a couple families around you and just tell them the church is better with you. Come on, find a couple people. Tell them the church is better with you. The church is better with you. Well, what if you don't have... What if you don't have the, the pedigree of being raised in the church? Good news, this church is filled with people that don't belong. How many wave at me? You just know you don't belong, but it's been the grace and the mercy of God. I had somebody tell me very recently, 
They said, I know I don't have the right last name. That was their words to me. I know I don't have the right last name. As long as Christ is applied, it's not about your last name. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about your social status. It's about your kingdom status. And if you'll find your kingdom in his kingdom, then even the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. You say, well, well, Pastor Carson, I'm just in town to be with family. I just came for the, for the choir singing tonight and the worship. Well, I'm glad you're here, but I've got news. You're not here on accident. You're here because God wants you to hear. He died for you too. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was not just for the people across the pew from you, but it's for you also. If you're visiting, you're from the area, you want to know more about the church, you want to understand more, there is a welcome center just outside. We want to tell you everything that the church has to offer every way that you can begin to get plugged in and connected. The greatest thing we know how to give you this Christmas season is the truth of the Word of God. It's the greatest thing we have to offer. We're going to do our best with singing and production, and we want everybody to come back tonight. I think this place will be full for an amazing worship, and, and, and I appreciate all those who have worked hard to make it happen. But I can tell you, beyond any note that's played, any, any song that is sung, any harmony that is ever done, and it will be done well. But I'm going to tell you, the gift here tonight is that the presence of God will flood in this room. <laughs> how, many believe, how many believe it's the great gift? His presence. Amen. Would you lift your hands? Would you let me pray for you before we leave today? God, I thank you for every man, woman, every child that's gathered here today, all of those who have worked hard to try to give the gift of this Christmas season. We thank you for a story that reminds us that we've got to focus on more than ourselves. story that's read this morning should stir the child in all of us that it's not just about us. The first gift, yeah, we, we, we've got to love you with everything we've got, but the second, like unto the same, I've got to love my neighbor like myself. And so I pray that you would help me, O oh Lord, to talk about you, to witness about your love, to love others by sharing what this season is really all about. Help me, O oh Lord, not to keep it all to myself when part of what I know I'll be judged on is if I shared you with others. I thank you for this crowd. I speak blessing upon them and strength into them. Blessing upon the families that are struggling. Blessing upon those that have been overwhelmed in this season. Blessing on them that are struggling and dealing with loss. I pray your presence would undergird them right now and strengthen them in such a way that they will be able to say, we know it was the Lord. We speak that in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone in the whole building say amen.